Should we start the podcast over? Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're live. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> to take two. I came full of ogres. This is kind of the vibe we're giving up. You ever watch those like videos? You probably don't because your algorithm is paying attention to other things. So different from yours. But videos of people making like Foley, they call it. So the sound effects that it's basically like sound effects. It's like sound mixing for like movies. Yes, but not the mixing. The mixing is actually referenced to a very particular engineering thing you're doing with it. But like making the sounds, like making the footsteps of yeah, the person yeah, walking, yeah, yeah, or yeah. making the kissing sound, or or the or the splashing sound, or the. I my only reference point for that is watching behind the scenes of the Lord of the Rings. So I know what you're talking about, but it's not my algorithm today. Anyway, what about it? those things pop up on my Instagram a whole lot, and I think it, it would be fun sometimes to, to do all of the background sounds for some random thing. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was supposed to be. <laughs> this is episode five, if it makes it to air. What should we talk about today? I kind of really feel inclined towards talking about parenthood today. That is a broad and nebulous topic. <laughs> what specifically about parenthood do you feel like talking about? I don't really know. Cool. Do you feel like you have a philosophy of parenting? Yes, I do. What's your philosophy of parenting? So I say that, and then I start thinking about it, and I'm like, okay, well, I, maybe I need a definition for the word philosophy, because maybe this isn't a philosophy. But when I think about parenting, and when I think about how I want to be as a parent, it's like I grew up in a huge family in the 90s, and... Everyone that was around us had very similar parenting styles. It was very much about respect, like children respect the parents, and that means obedience every time. And as I have honestly, as I have done a lot of like inner work around my childhood, my history, I recognized where I was actually a very compliant child, but it cost me knowing myself where when you and I first got together, I couldn't tell you what kind of ice cream I liked best. Like genuinely didn't know the answer to a lot of basic, basic questions. What do I like? Because I'd gotten really used to being obedient regardless of what I wanted to do. So from that starting point, I knew I didn't want to have parenting look like telling your children what to do without engaging in their hearts. And then I nannied for six years, something like that. And the first family that I nannied for, they told me they they don't tell their child no. And that shocked me. I could not understand a world in which you don't tell a child no multiple times an hour. Like, that's how you teach children, I thought. And in the process, in the the year and a half that I was working with them, I actually had to discover a new way to correct a child. And what happened was I unlocked, (laughs) that makes it sound like I did it, but like this child was, was like opened in front of me and I was able to watch him become full of life and by by not shutting him down all the time but actually just offering him something that was a yes instead he was able to stay light stay engaged stay present where when you start telling a kid no all the time they start getting like frustrated because they don't actually understand all the reasons why and so they have to keep going back trying to figure out why is this a no why is this a no 
they get stuck in like what we would call bad behavior and so then their entire experience is all of these negative emotions from the people in charge of them which shuts them down emotionally and so through the process of like knitting for different families with different perspectives and then I found this podcast by Janet Lansbury I have just kind of absorbed and my heart has really just been molded around seeing the child as the individual that they are and respecting them guiding them through their childhood with the intention of supporting them into the person they are all the way through childhood into adulthood. I get tense talking about this. I know parenting is like a thing people really care about, of course, but people also get very defensive and it's so vulnerable to parent and like it's really easy to feel like you're not doing a good job or feel like people are criticizing you, judging you. And so I feel really uncertain about how to communicate my heart and my desire like I feel nervous that people are gonna feel like I'm coming against them. But it's not about people, it's about like this is this is my experience and my philosophy. So that's helpful. It also is just really interesting. I'm gonna talk about spanking. All right. We can cut this out, we don't have to have this in here, but we were spanked. It was often super like balanced, as balanced as spanking can be. And sometimes it wasn't. And through throughout childhood, I like would hit and pinch without trying to. Like if I was mad at my sibling for what they were doing, I would slap them or I would like pinch them and felt like I didn't have control of that. And so then even when I started babysitting at like 13, 14, I probably shouldn't tell the story. A 10 month old was refusing food and I spanked him as a 14 year old because I thought that was the way that you get the child to do what you want. Just didn't have any context for why would that make the child eat better? Why would that teach the child that food is good? Like literally, I just didn't have a concept for it. So then nannying where I wasn't allowed to touch a child, it's it's really sad, but like I actually needed to be in an environment where I wasn't allowed to, to learn that that wasn't acceptable. Or like it was so normal growing up that I didn't think twice about it. And like spanking is fine. Everyone's fine when they're spanked. But I don't, I don't think the evidence stands <laughs> that that's the case. As I was realizing how often I was inclined to like to hit a child because I didn't want them to do what they were doing and I didn't know how to communicate to them, I realized this is actually a very like childish response to behavior. And here we are three years later, it doesn't cross my mind to hit a kid. I don't get angry when they hit those boundaries anymore. I actually feel like I have so much understanding of why they're doing that and it isn't personal. Where I think growing up and then in my early child care years, it felt like if a child's doing something that they know you don't want them to do, they're trying to piss you off. And it's just not the case. It's not true. Yeah, it's been a long, a long road of uncovering what is actually going on inside of a child. And once you understand that they actually are just like designed to uncover their world and understand their caregivers. So when you have a response that's shocking to them, they'll go back to figure out why as many times as it takes, which is why you see them repeating behavior that's bad. And when we can like gently guide them away from things we don't want them to do and encourage them to engage in something that they actually have interest in, we help them to move past that behavior so quickly. Like when we can be the confident boundary, we're freed up from having to get in these like will battles with them and they're freed up to not have to press the buttons. I feel so free from the different traps that I was stuck in all throughout childhood and when I first started caring for kids. Even this weekend, we were up at a cabin with I think a dozen, maybe a little over a dozen children and it's not my role to you know train other people's kids but 
I have tools to respond to each situation that comes up and they can be consistent across the board. It diffuses so many tough situations without ever having to go into you're right, you're wrong, apologize, say you're sorry. I think that understanding right and wrong is intrinsic. And especially if you have parents who understand right and wrong, it's it's learned through your environment. You don't actually have to sit down and be like, now this is right and this is wrong. Kids actually understand. Like even when they like they lie, they don't know why they're lying. They understand that it's not right. We don't have to spend our entire parenting years drilling morals into our kids. We actually like have so much more freedom to trust them and enjoy them and be more present and less authoritative. And that doesn't actually mean that we aren't guiding them and giving them structure. I think that's all I have to say. I think all of what you're saying resonates very strongly with me, um, especially when you walk through kind of more of your process of getting there. Mm-hmm. For me, it seems like it's putting verbiage to a lot of the things that I understand or conclusions that I would have come to, mm-hmm. but don't have like tangible verbiage for. Mm-hmm. It seems like it addresses so many issues that I see with parenting very well. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think can get people stuck in trying to engage their child in a really respectful way is feeling like you don't ever tell them no, you don't ever give correction, and therefore they never learn things. I actually think that the child learns a lot more when you're willing to step into connection with them and gently teach and show them where they can go versus where they can't. Maybe you're not using as strong of language, but you're actually bringing a lot more guidance to your child by meeting them in their difficulty rather than just trying to like stop the behavior from anywhere in the room. It's interesting. I think everybody looks at everybody else's parenting and goes, I like that. I don't like that. And it's really positive and intentional because we're all given individual children that we can raise. I can't raise my friend's children. Like intrinsically, I don't have what it takes. I think it's really hard when we look at parenting, we're like, there's a right way or a wrong way. Or if you don't want to do what someone else is doing, you're actually criticizing them or thinking that they're doing it wrong. And realistically, each child is going to need slightly different parenting because they're each individual's and they need guidance that's tailored to who they are. I actually think that what's gonna work really, really well for me for this child isn't gonna work really well for me for the next child and probably isn't gonna work really well for the next person two doors over. But I think there's so much to learn from watching and listening to each other where if we can come in from a place of peace and like self-confidence, like you don't have to hear what I say and decide everything's good or everything's bad about what I'm doing or about what you're doing. I think it's a lot more fluid and can be so much more full of peace to talk about parenting than it has been in our culture, where we we talk about parenting the same way that like dominant parenting kind of happened in the last few generations. We're like, this is right, that is wrong. If you do this, you're doing it right. If you do that, you're doing it wrong. It's even very easy to take that mindset and put it over. If you do gentle parenting, then you're right. If you do respectful parenting, then you're wrong. You know, whatever the perspective is in the circle that you are in, But the reality is parenting is a spectrum and children's needs, they vary. They're in a a range of things. It's very easy for me to feel uncomfortable talking about how I want to parent because I think people look at it and think that I think I have the monopoly on parenthood. I think I have the monopoly on what Judith's going to need, but that's actually not the same as thinking I know everything about parenthood. And I don't have to be ashamed of being confident about how I want to parent Judah. And I also just like want to be so free (laughs) to understand and to communicate that it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. So for me to be confident about what I'm doing does not mean that what you're doing is wrong.
I hadn't verbalized that till just now. It's a really good way of communicating it. I have had such a hard time thinking about parenthood, talking about parenthood. When I was pregnant with Judah, I had multiple showers where the women who have all been mothers before me were like, we want to learn from you as you mother. I like feel honored and humbled and like frightened by that and also excited. And I don't know where the balance, I haven't known where the balance is in like, I'm so confident that what I'm doing works for me. I hadn't had that for me before. I think when we find stuff that works, we're like, this is what everyone needs to do. We're all such different people. It's not that way. It's not black and white like that. It's really helpful to verbalize. What has been surprising about parenting so far? I give you a positive and a negative. How hard it has been to get Judah to sleep has been very, very surprising. I have mentioned that I nannied. And like when I was growing up, you went to bed and you went to bed. And as far as I can remember, that was all you did. Like you just obeyed. I don't think that's the case if I was like looking at it from an adult perspective, but that's what my memory was. And then when I nannied, the kids responded really well to bedtime, all of them. I never had trouble. And I thought it was because I was really good at putting kids to bed um, or maybe like they're magical children that just always obey. Or if you give them just the right amount of structure or you read their cues perfectly, they always go to bed. It's been really surprising to me how much Judah's sleep has fluctuated. Like sometimes I have this routine and he goes like right down. And sometimes I do the routine and he screams <laughs> and it doesn't feel arbitrary. I actually feel like I'm like able to pinpoint reasons each time. I thought that I could like do a very like soft, gentle, like sleep training with him and he would just do it. And he hasn't, that's really surprised me. And I forgot the positive one. Oh, I, I've been so, I knew that addressing children from a place of honoring who they are, worked as a nanny, where like the kids aren't testing you as much. You're kind of a an outside voice that comes in. But I didn't know for sure if it was gonna work when like I'm the mother and like they have to test more. I've been so surprised at how well Judah responds when I bring these different like perspectives or techniques to a situation. I have brought my perspectives on like how I want to encourage independent play and done that. Like it's training in a way, like I've done that training with him and he plays very independently when he has like engaged in something that I don't want him to engage in. And I come on close and give him a, a soft correction without making a big deal about it and then guide him to the next thing. It really does work. He really does move on to the next thing. And in the moments when I'm flustered or like nervous about what he's doing, he'll go back to the thing. And it's been really surprising actually to see how consistently what I have believed is holding up in real life. I've been surprised that the way that I approach parenting is actually working when I'm the mother and not a caregiver. It's been so beautiful to watch Judah respond to the ways that I'm engaging him and feel like who he is is so obvious and becomes more apparent every single day because how you and how I engage with him actually facilitates him being himself. And I, I wasn't confident that if I used th this perspective in parenting my own child, that I would get the result of a child that, that feels free and becomes more and more themselves, but also is kind. <laughs> I just wasn't sure. And I, I've been like so surprised and so, I'm so excited to put these thoughts into action and then watch them be working. And even just, I feel so much more free around parenting.
and even like the tough moments like I don't look at them now and feel like this is a battle of wills when I put Judah to bed and he is like screaming he's not trying to fight me because he doesn't want to go to bed he's got all kinds of emotions and experiences from the day that he is offloading and he's offloading them with me because I'm a safe place to do that it's not that he's like angry at me for putting him to bed and trying to punish me and even just having that perspective has completely shifted the way that I look at tough put downs tough put downs <laughs> um, like tough bedtimes where my role isn't to get him to shut up as fast as possible and go to sleep as fast as possible, but to be a safe place where he can share all the things that he's experienced. When I can remember that and I settle in and just listen to him, it shifts from screaming to like, it sounds like fussing and talking. It's like, uh, like it sounds like I do when I'm frustrated about something. And then he settles right into sleep and he sleeps well. I've heard like screaming describes a lot of things. Like they're just like yelling at you or it's like exercise for them or you know, just things that don't really make a lot of sense to me and engaging him like he's a person and he's sharing that he's had a big day. It actually consistently makes so much space for me to be a good friend to him, hear him and make space for him to offload and then rest really well. But it's literally just like a shift in perspective through information that has brought me to that. I'm really grateful to have learned it and really grateful to have learned it in the season I did. And I'm so thrilled to like watch it actually bear fruit. I don't feel like I'm surprised by any of the things that happen in parenting or by any of the ways that he responds, which is very, very cool. Do you feel like it was just information that shifted that perspective? I would say yes and no. I think the information absolutely was the catalyst and I needed the information to try doing something new. But I also was given all these opportunities through nannying to practice it in little ways and see if it worked. And I think if I had learned the information but didn't have a practicing floor that like wasn't my own child, I would have really hesitated to try it and I would have been all insecure about it. And I think that would have changed the result that I got. So no, like I needed the information, but without a place to practice it without fear, I don't think I would have been able to implement it with Judah very well. What about the context of nannying specifically? Mm -hmm. Set it up for practicing. Mm -hmm. Well, I think nannying is a perfect context to practice respectful leadership and parenting because you aren't allowed to give correction the way that a mother or a father gives correction and so it actually it's an environment that forces your hand a little bit to develop a really rich relationship with the child that you're caring for so that your words hold weight even if you can't bring about consequences either you correct gently or you let behavior slide because you actually don't have freedom and permission to bring about the kind of consequences that I grew up with or was used to. So for me, it, it was the answer that I needed to be a great nanny. And then through implementing it as a nanny, I realized this probably is going to work really well with my mother too. And now I'm watching that play out. And so we conclude episode five, <laughs> nap time sessions. Yeah, if you hear me breathing really shallowly through this whole thing, it's because I feel uncomfortable.